In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Learned some hard lessons. But passing that knowledge on to my students so they wouldn't make the same mistakes. That gave me purpose. Everything I ever fought for is lost. Every mark I made, every memory of me will be erased. Says who? The best student I ever had. He was like a son to me. And now I have lost him for good. Yes, John. You've made mistakes, but you still have time to try and make up for them. You told me you've been fighting all your life. So keep fighting, but with your heart and soul instead of your fists. Use your remaining time to write yourself an ending that you can be proud of. That's enough. This piece of shit's asking for it. Let it go. It's not worth it. Hello, this is Owen Harn, and you're listening to Monday Morning Critic. So let's get right into it, man. I've been dying to talk to you all day. Uh, oh, pretty, awesome. pretty psyched about it. Um, So mom's a nurse, dad's in construction, right? Um, big loss at nine years old, Owen. How do you how do you take that at that age? And I don't want to sound start the interview with a somber note, but I feel like this gets the ball rolling for how your life ends up where you are today, right? One step leads to another. Uh, do you remember it at nine? Do you remember all the things? Yeah, no, I've got a great memory. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I remember all that. Um, yeah, but that was just kind of like a you know turning point for me. I had to grow up very fast. Um, you know, I, we moved to Florida right after that. And I kind of was just on my own from like 12 to about 18. Um, just nobody looking after me. So I just had kind of had to, you know, Wow. I don't want to say the streets raised me cause I didn't live on the streets, but you know, I, it, it wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so it's, who I am and, uh, yeah, it, it made me a much better actor. Um, and then, you know, by the time I was in my twenties, I just I didn't want my mom to die for nothing, so I just uh, decided I'm going to really give this a go and do what um, people always believed in me. You know, like all throughout high school, I was everybody was always expecting me to be this famous actor or something one day. Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not famous, fame-ish, but you know, getting there. Getting yeah, there. you sure are. You sure as hell are. Um, and, and your and your mom, not to be cheesy, would be super proud of you, man. If she, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and you're also a big Florida guy. I feel like I feel like 
the, the move, right? So, so you're born for those listening, you're born in Maryland, but yeah. the move to Florida, I feel like Florida is, is like your home. I feel like this is where you really found yourself. Yeah. I mean, this is where my dad grew up and all his, the whole family, the Harn family, the generations, like we have a whole boulevard named after us, not too far from where I live here. And we have our own museum, Harn Museum in Gainesville, Florida. So Harn's run a, uh, run back quite a ways around here in Florida. Um, we used to own like eight miles of land of this highway out here and of course sold it and for like $300,000 back in late 1800s. So yeah, can't imagine what that's worth now. Oh God. Yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I always ask this, I mean, I know in your case it was, I think it was, was it, what is an early play for you or an early talent show that really kicks things off for you? Yeah, it was a talent show when I was uh, God, I was six years old in first grade, and I just remember seeing these kids like you know, basically you know, lip sync to the song "Wipeout" up on the um, <laughs> stage, and you know, me and my friends tried to just emulate it later on, and uh, we just I was just so blown away by some of the performances I saw in my first grade talent show that I was like, that's what I want to do. And, you know, that really inspired me, all those kids getting up there and having the guts to go do that. I, I never had the guts to do that. And I didn't do that at that age. I mean, I didn't do it till much, much later. I was extremely shy, um, believe it or not. <laughs> so what, what does bring you out of your shell? Is it maturity, age, just growing up? Um, no, I mean, I just just being like, of course, normally I'm like little reserved up front and then once once I get comfortable, then I'm completely like loose and yeah. ready to rock. Yep, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm the I'm the biggest jokester of you know all my friends, so everybody knows me as that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it, I get it. Um, so I asked this of of all my guests. Um, is there a you know for me it's Shawshank, but you know, but for you, is there a movie or an actor that you're just you strike me as a comedic guy? Researching your life, you're 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 certainly a comedic guy. We're gonna get to uh, Vice Principals in a second. One of my favorite roles ever. Uh, Jackie is awesome. Oh, yeah awesome and i'm going to talk about that in a second yeah. but what is there a movie or a, or an actor that you know well, you... yeah my favorite actor of all time is gary oldman just because he's a character oh, actor. Fuck, yeah I, commissioner I, gordon he's great uh, yeah. he, him and true romance like his performance of true romance was like you know amazing to me but the the guy that really stood out to me that made me want to be an actor um was, i don't know if you remember the show the a-team back in the early 80s oh yeah uh, Dwight Schultz, the guy that played Murdoch, and how he would constantly change his voices, and he'd always, they'd always, you know, dress up and. Oh, that's a good one. Guy. Yeah, and that's a good he'd, one. He'd be in a dress one day, and then he'd be playing <laughs> a doctor, and just use all these weird, different voices. And um, Mr. T always was bumping heads with him. And <laughs> He's so pissed off. <laughs> and I just wanted, I wanted to be Murdoch, you know, and then I course watched the Jim Carrey growing up and that was the closest thing to Murdoch when not you know in the 90s to me yeah yeah oh. uh Murdoch was awesome you got me thinking down memory lane now he was such a great character and I had um I had face on the show uh oh, a year yeah. Or two ago. yeah and he was Dwight Schultz is actually one of the nicest guys like it, it's amazing because he plays this absolutely lunatic on screen and yeah. then you know that's a good call and I never would have guessed that yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he really made me want to get into it, you know, because I I wanted that leather jacket with the tiger on it. I mean, I even got a little tiger tattoo. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, very nice. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you. We, we mentioned vice principals earlier. You, you have a really strong filmography. Um, 
Uh, that is an awesome role. Uh, talk about your role in that, and and Walt, you, you have a you have a couple of great scenes with. Yeah, with it was so funny when I when I landed that. I mean, I didn't because <clears throat> I hadn't landed. Everybody thought I was going to be this comedian actor, and I hadn't landed any comedy roles yet. And then I remember auditioning for that, and I was like, "How cool would it be to you know go for this?" But then I just figured they'd go with some name or something, and um, I landed it like a few days later and got out there and talked to all those guys and. <clears throat> Danny McBride was like, oh, dude, I just want to thank you so much for doing this, man. <laughs> That's a great and, deal. Uh, you know, he was hilarious. I'm like, thank you. I'm like, geez, you know, because he had to help get me out of my contract with AMC at the time because I was I was locked into a contract with another show and they really fought hard to get me. And I, I've never had that happen in my career. Wow. Wow. Like, like, dude, we went head to head pet with AMC. Fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good Danny McBride. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Walton Goggins was hilarious too. And uh, one of those scenes where, um, you know, Danny's co- coming up to like hit me. And uh, I asked Walton, I said, Hey man, is it, is it okay if I like uh, spit on you in this scene? I can't go ahead. I want spit on me, motherfucker. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. And so I like spit on him. And Dan McBride's eyes got so big, like, holy shit, I think he just spit on that man. <laughs> he's got to come up and punch me in the face. Oh, you guys have some awesome scenes. And the, oh. the, the, exchange, the exchange is nothing short of insanity. Yeah. No. The exchange between you two. Uh, <laughs> and that is such a great show. And that's what I love about uh, Jody Hill and Danny McBride. I love their sense of humor. I love it's like it is so in your face. They hold nothing back. And, yeah. it, and it's as funny as it's some of the best, you know, Owen, oh, I feel like of any character you've done, you've done a lot. I feel like this yeah. is the closest to what you really want to do being a comedic guy. Is that a, is that a fair statement? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do want to be a comedic actor. You know? Yeah. It's my goal. I mean, I just look the way I look. So it's like I, I pack on the pound <laughs> and you know, they, when you're tall, they expect you to be big. So it's like when I started out, I mean, I was very skinny, had a, you know, crew cut. I mean, I've got hair. Pinned yeah. back here, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My my agent was like, you know, if you put on some muscle, you'll actually really work a lot. So I was like, okay. So I actually went to a hypnotherapist and uh, got hypnotized to get addicted to the gym, and you know, it worked. And then I started working a lot, and that that ugly Fu Manchu that I had on my face and vice principals that got me so much work. Wow, probably would wow. get me more work today, but it's like. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't like looking at that in the mirror all the time. That nasty Fu Manchu. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I get who I am. But yeah, it's an interesting look, so people, you know, want it. You know, and I, I don't know if this is the AMC thing you're talking about, but you were in an, an interview with, um, I think, the show Cobra Kai Companion. That guy's great. He's a great oh, yeah. uh, interview. Great show. Uh, <laughs> it's well, I tell you why I like that show over oh, that podcast because. He doesn't make it about him. He invites people on to talk about them. A lot of these mm-hmm. other hosts will talk about them. It's like, it's not about you. It's about the guests. <laughs> and he, he he does it really, really well. But yeah, in that, in that, inter- in that interview, you talked about the walking dead set and how you just did not like it. If you don't mind telling me what, what was it that you just didn't like about that set? Uh, I didn't, I didn't like some of the uh, personalities that I clashed with. Not none of the actors, all the actors were great. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. The hairdresser that was, Taking my taking their brush and just combing my hair so hard that it was ripping out of out of my skull. Oh. Uh, you know, I had to say something to her. You know, yeah, she was in a bad mood about something, and she was like taking it out on my head. And then the um, 
the stunt coordinator on there, you know, just trying to do what the director's asking me to. And then the stunt coordinator's getting like huffy with me. And I'm just like, no. And, um, yeah, yeah, Mon- good old Monty. And that, that, that same stunt coordinator, I didn't get along with another one of my friends went on the show, didn't get along with him. And that same stunt coordinator was responsible for the, uh, gentleman, John, that, um, uh, died on set a few years ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did remember. I do remember that now that you say yeah, that. that guy yeah. was, I actually worked with that guy for several weeks. He was one of my men on um, on uh, End of the Badlands. So it's like, you know. Yeah, great show. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that, that was my experience on there. I mean, you know, it was, it was very rushed. And, you know, I get it. It's time consuming. But I didn't eat the whole time I was on set. I'm a big guy. I need to eat. Yeah. So I was angry so I, that, I, that I wasn't getting fed and just being pushed around and, and treated that way by a few people. And it was just not a pleasant experience for me at all. But, but that's, but that's all it takes is just those like two or three negative experiences. Now it's like the whole project is kind of shot for you. I get it. Like, it's like, it's, it's the, it's the little things, but they add up. It's like, now it's a, now it's just a difficult situation. Right. Owen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Before you get into Cobra Kai, I want to go back to Vice Principals for one second. Um, mm-hmm. Have you have you ever had an awful neighbor like Jackie, or maybe like I shouldn't say that, like like Walt's character? Have you like Lee? Have you ever had a an awful neighbor like that, or a neighbor? Not like that, but I've had some awful neighbors. You know, yeah, had to you know say what's up to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not too yeah. long, actually, not too long ago, within the last year, and uh, yeah, just clashed with these guys. They like I was living in a, a different neighborhood and. Um, my neighbor decided to move away and, and rent his house out as a halfway house with all these crackheads and hair. Uh, so I was bumping heads left and right with those guys. And I was like, you know, I said, we better move before I go to prison. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm dreaming about killing these guys every night. You know, another, before you get to Cobra Kai, you know, the other show you were on um, that mm-hmm. I had a guest from um, Swedish dicks is a good show. Uh, <laughs> I had P- I had Peter Stormare from Fargo on the show. He's a great. Yeah. He is. He is. You talk about great actors. He's up there, right, Owen? Oh, absolutely. He's definitely one of my idols. So, like, working with him was just like. I mean, I didn't get to have a lot of dialogue with him, um, but just his presence alone being there was like amazing because I really always looked up to him as a as a bad guy. That I, you know, I uh, I tend to l- look after him and. Um, Gary Oldman, and then uh, also uh, Kevin Durand. He's uh, he's a big guy like me, and he's yeah, yeah. very much so character actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of who I just those are my like top three. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I I can't. Corey should have had Corey should have had so much more shelf life than it did. It was such a great show, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that just makes me angry because I loved that first season. I loved it. And then it's like, no, we're all done. Like, what? Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, that was a great show. And the other one I have to mention to you is um, it's one of my top three of all time, Banshee. What a show that is. Yeah. Yeah. Banshee was, that was a lot of fun to work work on. Um, but yeah, when you bring up Quarry, I mean, it was just, I was, uh, yeah, I was shocked that I didn't get picked back up for another season and, and, and filming that. I mean, I, they didn't show it, but they had to make a whole mold of my head because they had this scene where they're, where Damon stabs me in the neck over and over, but they were going to have like this machine, like reacting to it. So they made uh, okay. yeah. and um, getting shot in the face, you know, several times. 
Um, and then, yeah, Banshee was was great, too, because I actually worked with those same guys, uh, Greg Utanis, who was the executive producer on there, which he hired me on um, Quarry. And my audition for Quarry was not good. It was very rushed because I was like I had to get in the car and go to Miami for a callback or something else. So I like just basically cold read it, but they'd seen my auditions for other roles on that show. So then they were like, you know, the very next day they hired me. And then I, of course, brought that character to life and and did a much better job once I got there. But (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's not good. It's weird how that works. So where like, you think you, you nailed a role and, and you don't get it and you think oh, yeah. you might think you might have just really screwed it up and you do get it. Like it's there's no like there's no it's not like a mathematic equation. It doesn't make any sense how all this stuff works. Yeah. yeah. Some of my some of my best auditions ever are things I never booked. You know, I had, I had like at least one or two auditions that were definitely one of my best ever. And uh, that was this year. I came very close, but um, no cigar. So that was for Twisted Metal, um, but that was one of my best auditions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of auditions, <laughs> talk about um, Cobra Kai. Loved your character. Loved everything you brought oh, to it. Thank you. Uh, talk a little bit about you know how you got it, how you got into it. Um, yeah. Great, great, great role. Yeah. So my my wife and I were watching uh, season three at the you know beginning of twenty twenty one, and um, she was like, "You know, how great would it be if all your scenes were with Crease and you, you booked this?" And I was like, "I was like, I why would I book this? I've never even auditioned for this show." And and uh, there was you know seven months later, and it's, it's just funny because I mentioned this on uh, the other podcast where um, <clears throat> I was flying into Wilmington, North Carolina, to go shoot Florida Man. And, um, I just remember saying to myself, as soon as I land, I have a feeling that, you know, there's going to be an audition in my email. And as soon as we landed, I looked, there it was, and it was for Cobra Kai. I got to my uh, hotel room and unbeknownst to me, I, I unzipped my bag and there it was, was my Cobra Kai t-shirt laying on top, which I don't even remember packing at all. Wow. When I was leaving. I was such in a rush and it was like. I try, you know, I try, sometimes I pack my bags and it's dark and I don't want to wake everybody up because my flight leaves so early. And Yeah, I get it. I get it. Packing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Buying another wardrobe when I'm out somewhere because I forget this, this and this. How, how, how funny is that? How funny is that? Yeah. You so know, I got it. I, I told myself, I said, oh, this is mine. I'm going to book this shit. I'm booking this bitch. And I, uh, <clears throat> I immediately just went right into it within I only had the, the the audition for maybe less than three hours mm. and um, I put it together put myself on tape and sent it with confidence and just a few days later it was like you're your cast they want you wow that was like awesome <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome um mm. and, and, and to get a role like that um I almost feel like are you caught up on on uh, Cobra Kai? Have you watched all the episodes up till this? I, I've got like two episodes left to watch. Okay, so I want to be careful what I say. Okay, I so see, I get to see what I I did on on them. Okay, all right. I, I'll, I'll dance hard. I love Gabriel for a lot of reasons. Um, I almost feel though he gets um, he gets the Jedi mind trick played on him where like you know uh the, the, you know these aren't the droids you're looking for. I almost feel like Crease plays a little mind game with um with Gabriel a little bit. Oh yeah. 
I, I really feel like it's like the Jedi mind trick of Cobra Kai. <laughs> you know, he's ready to kick his ass, and then all of a sudden he's a sensei. I just, I thought that was awesome how that how that whole scene unfolded. <laughs> and uh, you know, the director was was calling calling me. He didn't mean because I mean the name's Gabriel, but he was like, uh, "Gabriel, we're going to have you over here." And uh... and so Chris kept, you know, Martin kept hearing, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel. So he he doesn't think any of it. So in the scene when he calls for, "Hey, would you like some Jello?" Gabrielle and I come walking up, and then um, one of the takes, uh, William Zopka says, "I don't want any jello from you." And he looks at me, or Gabrielle. <laughs> I just about lost it. Oh, I couldn't hold it in. I was dying laughing, and that was like our first take. <laughs> I got to tell you, on Cobra Kai Companion on that podcast, mm-hmm. you did an awesome, awesome Martin Cove. Impression. Oh yeah! Thank you oh so. my. God, it was like I, I thought I was listening to Martin Cove speak. That's how good it was. Hey, Marty, uh, go out there and break a leg. You know, oh, when you get to be 75, <laughs> we don't say break a leg. I said, okay, can you just like go sweep the leg or something, man? <laughs> that is so, that is so, um, you know, and I love the way that fight was handled, Owen, where they, and it's really the only way they could have done it. Where they mm-hmm. show Crease mentally going into the younger Crease, oh, yeah. played Barrett uh, Carnahan, you know, and I love the way they did the fight because that's the only way they could have done it. Otherwise, it's a hard scene to sell. Well, they do that with athletes too. And I, when I was, you know, I was working with a hypnotherapist and, and working on my basketball game just a little bit. And um, she was like having me go back into when were you at your best? And I was like, oh, this age, you know, and, and then I want you to go there mentally. And so I went there mentally. I, mean, I think I was 34 at the time, but I went back to a teenager and then I just started hitting all these threes in a row. I'm just like, because I just went there, like how he went into young Greece. So it's, you know, it's a mental game. I mean, yeah, you need some physicality there. And granted, I wasn't 75 hitting these baskets, <laughs> but, uh, you know. <laughs> but here I am thinking these are the dumbest prison guards on the planet. You know, they're not realizing, you know, you know. but but I love the ending and the way he Shawshanks his way yes. out of that prison. It is yeah. just um, – do, do you feel, like, honored to be part of the Cobra Kai slash Karate Kid lore? Because oh, now, you're, now you're in it. Like, now you're in Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah, especially to, you know – be the one to shrink shank crease and then and have everybody think that I killed off a main character for at least you know 15 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept, got, I kept getting all these texts from my buddies, you killed Grace, and then 15 minutes, like, oh man, thank God. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing: like it opens the door for, for your character for, for a season six. I mean, like, there's nothing to say that you can't, you know. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they're, they're those guys are the creative minds there, so it's all up to them what they want to do with it. I mean, you know, I could even be, you know, hey, uh, Stingray, you kind of owe me a favor here. Gabriel's <laughs> going to be a new roommate. <laughs> hey, Sir Gabriel, how's it going? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> uh, I can you see, know, you I can see Gabriel and Stingray being roommates. You know, Gabriel that would nowhere to go. And technically, Sting, Stingray broke the law probably in about four or five different ways. So yeah, that would that could happen. Um, you, you know, we we talked about sets before with uh, the Walking Dead. I would imagine that this set is vastly different in every way imaginable. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The atmosphere was 
so much different than than any other set I've been on. And everybody's very welcoming. Everybody was super nice, you know. Because I mean, yeah, you do work on sets where, you know, the, some of the stars are so arrogant that you know they won't even like speak to you or they look down on you because you don't have as many credits as them or whatever. And it's usually it's usually like people that you never hear from again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was their one little show, and that's all that they were going to do. But it's but fortunately, I've, I've worked with a lot of nice actors. Um, you know, Matthew McConaughey being one of them. He was worked with him for about two and a half weeks, and one of the nicest you know souls I've ever worked with on the planet. And um, yeah, Kevin Hart. You know, but he was extremely nice, so, and he, he basically gave me free live stand up. You know, for <laughs> a good couple hours. <laughs> And McConaughey seems he's he so he's he is the laid back guy he comes across. Oh, as. Yeah, here's, yeah. That. here's that. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> you got Matt Burke. I was like, Yeah, it was, you know, you want you to turn that motherfucker on and it just makes that little noise. Oh, like, yeah, was, did you know that that's the opening riff to Sinead O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You? <laughs> like, huh, I went back to my hotel room, turned my MacBook on, listened to the song. I was like, Holy shit, shit my, that motherfucker's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a damn good Matthew McConaughey impression. Oh, thank you, dude. You're really good at impressions. Like <laughs> some people it's try awesome. around the person, and I can like I see how their mouth moves, I see their mannerisms and their idiosyncrasies. Then I'm able to like do their voice better rather than just hear it. You know, hey, do Pacino. Well, I, I haven't met the guy, so it's yeah, like I'm not gonna yeah. you know really go all in. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you are really good at that. I was not expecting that. Um, oh. You know, um, the other thing you said on on the interview, the other interview I was listening to was, and this had I had to stop running. I was laughing so hard. Hmm. <laughs> was Martin Cove was firing down Reese's pieces and peanut butter cups? Oh yeah, before yeah, it takes. That, yeah, that was that was just he just like he's got his lines out and he's just read, reading and and you know I just see these Reese's pieces. I don't even know where he got them because they weren't offered to me. <laughs> and you know these king cups. And he's just eat, eating Reese's pieces and and, and the, I call them creases pieces. And it's like, <laughs> I'm just like, I have never seen this before. Somebody eat both of these at the same time? Like, geez. I think they make peanut butter cups with the actual Reese's pieces in it. Does he have his own private stash, you think? I guess. <laughs> and I'm thinking about you starring on the Walking Dead set and, and, and Martin Cove is firing down like Reese's pieces, peanut butter cups. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, how, how much did you like? So I really like I, when I was younger and I watched um, the Karate Kid. I feel like the movie in some ways changed my life. I just the way I looked at the '80s and the way I look back at it now. Uh, and I've said this before, but I really think it's it's just magical how they've done this. How that I have I've watched a lot of TV and movies. I have no life, but I, I'm going to say I've never seen anything like this where they've taken this iconic 1984 movie and made it into something so freaking special. And I got to tell you, when it first came out, I'm like this is going to flop and they're going to ruin the original. I said, there's no way I'm in on this. I said, and I got started two, a year or two late. Cause I, said, I didn't believe in the show and I'll own that. I made a mistake and I was wrong. Um, yeah, I got to do it late too. I mean, when it was on, I couldn't, I wasn't watching it. When it was on YouTube, but as soon as it hit Netflix, we were hooked, you know? Oh, and, and that first episode with Johnny Lawrence, I probably seen two, 200 times, just the way you, you like, what happened? You wonder what happened to this guy after all these yeah. years? And it's just beautiful, right, Owen? It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. What, you know, I'm, I'm glad they did it, and I'm glad they put it together because it also, it, and with the storyline moves along into season four, it makes up all those bad jokes some people made about the second one and the, especially the third one. 
it actually yeah. makes the third one even better and more watchable because yes, that's a great point. Yes, Harry Silver is the way he is, and I love that line he had in season four. You know, when they kept showing him, like you know, maybe over laughing on some of the <laughs> on the phone. It's like, <laughs> you know, I was I was on a lot of cocaine back then. It was the <laughs> just like they that line right there completely saved that movie. Like. Uh, yeah. And that's another great point, Owen. They they've taken a movie like the poster behind me, Karate Kid Three, that was like people didn't like it. Karate Kid Four mm-hmm. with with Hillary Swank, and they've made them like increase in popularity and inc- like that's never yeah. been like that's hardly ever th- done before, right? Yeah, and it's funny because Walton Goggins was in the next Karate Kid with Hillary Swank. He was that's one of the main right. Guys. <laughs> so that's what if right. she comes back and he makes a little appearance? Again, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> That's right. I forget about that. Uh, you, yeah. you know, you, you, and they talk a lot about you know the, the people behind the scene, the, the actors that I have before. And, and before I get to that, I want to just say one, one thing. Um, uh, you, you remember Archie Bunker and All of the Family? Oh, yeah. See, so yeah. see, see, I brought this up once before, and the person I said it to had no idea what I was talking about. But <laughs> isn't Johnny Lawrence kind of a like a Bud Light version of of, oh, of yeah. Archie Bunker, but like That's not true. as politically incorrect because Archie yeah. was like. No, but, he's just he's just not you know nowhere with all of of how the world works anymore and the, and the you know with his cell phones and and um, internet you know it's 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 hilarious. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad they played it out that way. You know, he just has a flip phone. That's it. You know, he does little odd jobs, and you know, he's basically what people would call a loser. But you know, he just drank himself into that um, into that role in his life, and now in season five, how it progresses and it's getting better and better for him and you know they've got a baby on the way it's yeah like, yeah you know, but, but, now but, he's got really second chance at his life so it's like it's it's pure redemption for you know johnny lawrence because of people you know you suppose memes all, all over the place the last 13 years you know justice for johnny justice <laughs> for johnny you know that was an illegal kick <laughs> and all those fans were out there you know I, I, you know and i always i always tend to root for the the bad side you know just like with gi joe i'm kind of i'm more cobra you know i like yeah. i grew up playing with gi joes and i i love the dreadnoughts the dreadnoughts were like the yeah. most interesting characters of that of that whole gi joe era that could even have their own series or film. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's the way he dances around, you know, jokes about masculinity and gender where it's like he goes right up to the line but never yeah. crosses it. And it's funny because it's not hurtful. It's not like – so the writers just do an amazing job crafting a script that's just – Absolutely. It's perfect. It's perfect. So what are those guys like – and I asked this to all my Cobra Kai guests, and I think I know the answer. Um, what are those guys, Zapka or, or Macho or – or even Cove in your case, what are they like behind um, when the camera's off? Just good dudes. Yeah. Warm, genuine guys, you know, because, you know, when you see Martin Cove on TV, you wouldn't think that, but it's like, yeah, he's totally, you know, warm, loving guy. And uh, William, same way, especially if, you know, Macho, uh, we just sat around, you know, kicking and asking quite, I was asking a few questions here and there, you know, like, what was it? I said, I got to ask, you know, what was it like, after not seeing each other for so many years and then coming back and working together again, you know, it was like, he was, you know, I was asking uh, uh, William Zopka that and he was just telling me how, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, 
it's all new, but you know, you, you still remember. It's like a, it's like a reunion, but it's everything's just new, weird, but we we love it. You know, it was, yeah. At first, it was just kind of like we didn't know where this was going, and it's just now it's just amazing. You know. Oh, and do you think those guys ever get karate kid out? Like, if they're sick of talking about it for a while, or do you think they're just so into the universe that they just? Because I have a feeling Machio and Zapka get asked about this every second of their waking life, right? Like, I feel like, and there's. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing, but like even they need, I bet, a break. Like, just let me get away from the table for a little bit, you know? <laughs> sure, you know, but I mean, I, I think I, I know they love it, you know? Yeah. Like, I remember Ralph was talking about, he's like, you know, I had I had two hit movies and then no, nothing after that. And this, like, you know, brought it back because he had, you know, Karate Kid and then uh, my cousin Benny, you know? And I think a lot of people missed that line in uh, season five, episode seven. Where Martin says, "I want a lawyer and a good lawyer, not one of your sleazeball cousins." And he's like, refer- he's actually making a reference to." That's my right! <laughs> oh my god! And you know the exact episode that happened too. That's amazing. Oh yeah, because I, I got to sit there and listen to every take because I'm just in the background, you know, just waiting. <laughs> See, that's the thing when when, when act- this is what I love about your job, and I wish I could be an actor because I love it so much. I just I don't I don't I don't have the talent or the ability that like you have. I just I couldn't do it. But it's it's yeah, you're in, we get to watch you on Netflix and it's fun and it's great and, and, and other projects too. But it's the experiences off camera that I just I find so fascinating. Like the stories wow. you have with Zapka, Machio, or whomever, uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. I just think that is just that's the stuff that I find so fascinating as well. It's like a double. Th- you got two things going for you there. That's why I, I love asking questions. I've always wanted to know. Like, you know, worked with this uh, actor Keith David, who was on one of my favorite movies. As oh, he's great. He's a, he's an icon. Road, Roadhouse, and you like see him. He's get he's got opening credit in there, but then you barely see him in the movie. So I worked with him on uh, a Kevin Hart film called um, Night School. Nice. And, okay. Uh, and I had some downtime together. And uh, I asked him about that. And I was like, you know, I said, I saw your name in the credits and stuff, but, you know, tell me more about that. He goes, he said, Owen, he said, that role was supposed to be so much bigger. I was supposed to be like this ex-Marine. <laughs> Patrick is supposed to train me and we get in a lot of bar fights. And then, no, it all got cut. Oh, and there was a, um, a Comic-Con uh, in Connecticut last week and he was there. And I was supposed to go. I, I had a family thing where I couldn't. But um, his line, they said for people to meet him and you know take a picture, autograph, whatever. Yeah. They said was the longest line by far. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. He's an icon. He's a legend. You know? Yeah. You no, know, he's awesome. I, I first met him when I was like new to this business back in like he came to Tampa in 2012, and I and I met him. That's when I first met him, and you know I was like, hey, we got the same birthday, and. <laughs> I love your shirt. I was wearing this purple shirt, and he goes, "That's my favorite color." He goes, "That's mine too." Would mine think alike? November fourth, right, Owen? And then <laughs> November fourth, June fourth, June fourth, June fourth. I'm sorry, June fourth, June fourth. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Uh, he and I, then he and I ended up uh, being on the same set together seven years later. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, and how many kids did you say you had? Was it? I just got one. Yeah. So, so, so does being in Cobra Kai pick up dad credit? Like you must get some uh, extra no. credit. He's he's in kindergarten. These kids don't. Watch. Oh, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, they're they're eating their boogers and watching the, <laughs> the, the hedge trimming hog. Uh, it's like you know, it's a, I, I had him watch my scenes, and all he could say was, 
Tata, why did you take that guy's jello? Give it back. <laughs> Give him his jello back, Tata. <laughs> hey, I can't win here. I'm just, that is just trying. That is on Netflix. You love Netflix. Well, I got to tell you, maybe not now, but when 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 your when when your child gets older, you're certainly going to pick up dad cred for being some cool stuff, you know. Um, before I let you go, what is around? And thank you for all this time. Oh, what absolutely. is what is what is around the horizon for you? What is um what, what's your next project? Anything you want to get out there? I, I am ready um, to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm not working on anything right now, but I do have Florida Man being released here soon. I'm thinking. I keep hearing December first. We'll see if that really happens. But that'll be on Netflix. I did five out of eight episodes on nice. the nice comedic role. He's a bad guy, but a very likable bad guy. Um, and yeah. What can you say about Florida Man, Owen, for those listening that may not know? Uh, so Florida Man is based on, it's about a cop who's Edgar Ramirez. He's an ex-cop, and he gets involved with a gambling debt with my boss, which happens to be with the Philly mob. So I'm part of the Philly mob. And um, he's working for my boss to pay off his debt. And then my boss's girlfriend runs off, goes missing down to Florida. So he sends Mike Valentine, who's Edgar Ramirez is playing, down to Florida because that's where he's from uh, to go find her. And it just gets involved in this whole uh, wild goose chase odyssey. And nice love, murder, everything, you know, and. So. I wish I wish Netflix and they don't have a problem with viewership, but I wish they would like promote a show like this. Like it like seems so awesome. Like yeah, they I have mean, so much. It's just one day it like shows up. Like bang, here it is. Like exactly. Well, you know, it's like I wish it was like because I have so many freaking shows in my Rolodex. I'm always go- coming from behind. I'm always behind. But and like the what Florida Man sounds like a freaking great show. Yeah. I, I, I want to see that. Bateman is the head producer on it, and it's all the same producers as Ozark. Never heard of him. Never heard of that show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and the writing, the writing is amazing. Amazing! Yeah. Wow, best writing I've been a part of, and I'm, luckily I, I got you know five episodes out of that. And you know who who knows what will happen down the road with that. But you know that's what I'm like really waiting for to come out, and I'm um, excited. And I, I think all this will help you know lead to more roles, hopefully. And we'll we'll see. It, you know, all you can do is really. Can't have expectations, but you know, you can have high hopes. <laughs> yeah, Ozark is a show you would have been great with, great for. You would have been awesome in Ozark. You know, I was, I was, I was on hold for a season one for the uh, the brother that makes out with the DEA agent. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. It's like, God, man, I'm glad I didn't book that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I gotta say, man, like you're a part of this, this Cobra Kylo. Obviously, you've done other things, but. To be part of that Karate Kid universe, man, and to have you on my podcast, I'm so honored. And, and you're such a talented guy. And I appreciate um, it. I'm honored for you to have me. You know, yeah, very grateful. You know, I mean, it's yeah, sure. I've I've had a hard life, but the thing is, I um, I show you what I've been through through my work without having to tell you anything that's happened. And that's you know, that's a true meeting of an artist. I feel you know, whether it's comedy or or any kind of bad guy horror drama. So that's kind of like what I live by. Yeah. And, and do you feel like, and, and, and again, I don't want to get too cheesy, but do you feel like that your, your experiences in life, Owen, have shaped you? Into, I, mean, I know you've taken acting classes and you've done a lot of this. I didn't mention it, but for those, you've done a lot of stuff, but do you my, feel my, like life, my life experiences are outweigh the acting classes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's I was right. Already, I was already an actor. I just wasn't. I had to sharpen it. You know, I had to. I had to go to school to sharpen all that. I knew what I needed to do, but 
school and scene study work and hitting beats and stuff like that and repetition. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was more of my gym. Like I already had the goods to like from what the world's given me and when the world took a dump on me at times, <laughs> I, just, I had to, I had to use that shit and turn it in fertilizer maybe and watch my shit grow. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 you you got you got yourself a nice little farm because it is growing, and uh, yeah, man, you're 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 a good dude, and I hope you come back on down the road. You're a great dude, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for reaching out, and uh, man, I wish you the best, and uh, say hello to your kids for me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com.